Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. I was 19 and I got asked to close in Playboy. Becca, VA, she's new to the beauty business but learning faster than a baby salon. So that's because I know that how I would be judged and perceived. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. I was a Jaeger girl at one point. (laughs) Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Welcome to Between Both Cheeks. We are on, can you believe we're on episode 29, you guys? Holy, that's exciting. Almost the big 3-0. I know, right? Um, So not even as old as Becca, the enforcer is here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Older than me, yep. And we have Ash, the spicy Italian, joining us from Ontario. And we're still Zooming in to do these podcasts. It's been very different. We invested all this money and all this equipment. But doing it the old old fashioned way or new fashioned way, I don't even know what it's called. I feel like this is the modern way now. (laughs) Yeah. Is this this the new normal? Oh, I hate that. that. You and me both. I can't stand it. Now more than ever. I'm like, oh, shut up. The new normal. (laughs) The new normal. So today I kind of thought that we could talk about what it's like to work for someone else. I haven't worked for someone else in a very long time. Um, but what, what is it like when you work for someone else? And do you feel that when you work for a company, do you represent that company as a person and what that looks like and what your experience is both personally and professionally? Mm, Well, is it a job or is it a career? Ooh, good question. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Way to, way to throw the wrench in that one. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That was it. That was an Ash move. You took that right out of the I wasn't expecting that from you. No. You know where my head went? My head went, are you working for a company or are you representing a company? What's the because there's the two different is yeah. one you go into work and you maybe work in a business or you work in an office or you work in a storefront. The other is you are that face that travels to other businesses or trade shows or mm-hmm. so you maybe don't work for this company all the time. Maybe mm-hmm. you do, but you're just showing up as the face that day. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I just I just lump the two together. Oh, and so to me, those are totally different too. Okay. All right. Well, give us a couple of your guys's, give me some examples on a company that you felt that you, you worked for and represented and what, what does that look like to you? What does that mean to you when I say that? Go for it, Becca. I want to hear uh, your opinion on this first. <laughs> the, thing, the, thing, the thing with Becca is like sometimes the stuff that comes out of her mouth is like, whoa, like she'll just catch you all the time. Like, oh. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm thinking in like really all the, the jobs previous to working with wax, I wasn't representing like the company and, Mm. but I considered them just like jobs, not more career based. So. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, like when I was at work, I did a good job and I did it well, but like when I went home or like how I acted outside of work, like wasn't necessarily bad but it wasn't like in line with the employer all the time right so 
So I don't know. I feel like I might still be. I feel like there's a big difference these days because of social media. Yes. Whereas like I think back of when I had to go and work a trade show or something like that. And I was only showing up for a day or two to represent a brand or a Mm. business. Mm -hmm. I was there for those two days. They had no idea who I was. There was nothing online. You don't know about the party I went to the night before or right. what my political views are or anything the, like that. Wait, mm-hmm. Ash. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the threesome that you had before the event. But that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Never That's mind. It. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that now everything is on display. You, mm-hmm. Even if you don't necessarily have that political view or that mindset or that opinion, you see something that maybe catches your eye on social media and Facebook is the worst for this. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and you just share it. I am guilty of turning around and sharing things that I, because mm-hmm. I'm not exactly technology inclined mm-hmm. and I'll turn around, I'll see something that I want to read, but I don't want to click on it because I don't have time. So I share it so that this way I know it's on my wall and I can go back and read it later. So it's not necessarily my viewpoint. It's not necessarily what I think or how I feel. It's just literally something that I was interested in and want to go back and read later. Mm. And I can't even tell you the number of times that I've ended up with like 50 comments on my feed about how could you post this? What would you, what were you thinking? That's not right. And I'm like, I haven't even read the damn article yet. And you're jumping down my throat. I just did this so that I could read the article at a later point or watch the video at a later date. Mm-hmm. So you take that into your workspace, for example. And there's a lot of people during all of this political um, opinions that are going on right now and, and the state that we're in. And people are getting shunned or what yeah. are they called? Silent canceled. or canceled. canceled. There's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Canceled because culture. they either, yeah, the, this whole canceled culture, because you either posted something, shared yes. something, said something, and it might've been 10 years ago before you even had the job, before mm. you were really even of age to mm. make an informed decision and you're being held accountable. Whereas years ago, that was not the case because social media didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that plays a huge role in, in kind of how we do things. And I am a firm believer that when you are, whether it's at your job, whether it is, you know, at a trade show for another brand, um, regardless of what it is, you need to be on point and you need to represent that brand to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to be open to constructive criticism if somebody doesn't think that you are representing that brand appropriately. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I am also very for what you do in your off time is what you do in your off time. Now, with that being said, I am still slightly conscious of what I do or what I post or what I say around certain people. And I'm still very much the, I try to keep business and pleasure separate. Don't get me wrong. Every now and again, it will cross over, especially if you've been in an industry for a very long time. But I try not to make my clients, my friends for that reason. But some people have a very different opinion. Um, And with that being said, that doesn't mean that I don't have current clients or past clients that I'm not currently still in touch with or friends with. 
I find a lot of the time I stay in contact with people when I've left a business because they had trust in me and they still want to rely on me for advice or things like that. And over years, you are around people enough. You just become friends with them. You start to know a lot about them. Mm-hmm. There's my two cents. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm like, I'm literally taking notes because all, all this stuff is like come up for me um, on, on different, different levels as like, um, as an employee, as a, um, regional manager, and then as an owner, there's like a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, I guess, you know, maybe when I was waitressing, not so much, I didn't feel that I representing, represented the company for that. Like that was very different, but I got into corporate very, very young, very young. And one of this, like, I can't even believe that I'm going to talk about this, but whatever, I'm just going to talk about it. Um, one of the things that I had a huge opportunity for, I was 19 and I got asked to pose in Playboy. Wow. Yes. Yes. Way back in the day. Um, And I said no, because I was thinking about my corporate career and where I wanted it to go. And I was like, it's going to be printed out there. And if I mean, my whole goal in life was to, you know, work in Paris for like a, a big cosmetic company. And I'm like, if I have some, vice president sitting across the street or across the table from me and he has seen this magazine because it's a huge magazine mm-hmm. how will I be taken seriously and yeah. how will this ruin my career and ruin my chances of being taken serious one as a woman someone that's a bimbo right that's posed mm-hmm. naked whatever I tell you right now huge regret <laughs> yeah huge regret. Had you known, right because I mean money wise it was it was decent pay and but mostly it was like I would love to see my body at like 19 20 years old right now airbrushed in a fucking magazine now I mean way back then because that's over 20 years ago we weren't in the Kardashian era of that is okay that was very very taboo very taboo. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why I've been very lax with who I've allowed in my company and um, allowed them to be themselves. So one of the first mm-hmm. things was like they dyed their hair blue or pink or whatever. I was like, be yourself. Cause in the back of my head, I, w- I was always like, I had this opportunity and it, I feel like maybe it was taken away from me based on what people would think and how mm-hmm. it would hinder my career. You know, um, one of the girls that I hired, had full, like a full sleeve tattoos and like neck tattoos and everything. I never once asked her to cover them up. And she was having a tough time being employed. And she was, she was a really, really great employee who I, who I still talk to, to this day. Um, piercings never. And I remember people asking me in interviews, like, do I need to take this out for work? I always said no. Cause I always wanted people to represent who they were, mm-hmm. but to an extent, which brings me to um, someone that kind of started their own business under the brand of wax. And she was quite young. Um, and I went onto her Instagram feed and she was posting herself smoking weed. Oh. And I was like, and this was before weed was legal as well. Mm-hmm. So it was an job. Yeah. And I remember calling her and I was like, you, you can't post that. And she's like, well, it's on my personal page. And I said, but you're going in under a brand, under you being the business owner, representing mm. yourself with your own name. People can find you very easily based on your social media handle. Mm-hmm. And for me, right away, it's a liability insurance. Someone sees you doing drugs the night before, mm-hmm. something goes wrong in a wax the next day. 
are you considered under the influence? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like that nagging mom because she was quite a bit younger. So she was like mm-hmm. very upset. But she had her own like branch, right? Like she franchised. She wasn't just working in the salon. Correct. But she franchised yes, under, under wax. Yeah. But then her profile, as far as I'm concerned, should have been private. And that would have, yeah, blocked that would change everything. So then the only people that do see those kinds of things are your friends that are on, that follow you already. It's but, not something that is open to everyone and anyone. But don't you feel, Ash, with like kind of what you said earlier on like the people that you start to kind of a- allow them to come into your life in a different way is like, oh, you know, I've had this client for two years because she worked for us for several, several mm-hmm. years beforehand have now become a friend and now I've accepted them on here but that wasn't the realm to begin with and now I always had a separate for me personally Mm -hmm. I always had like a business page and a personal page so if you were a client you got invited to like my my personal business page if you get what I'm saying yeah so this way I was always able to kind of keep those kinds of things separate because I do think that those are things that could should kind of be kept separate I'm a little bit more lax with it the older I get because I'm not as wild as I once was I was I was a Jaeger girl at one point in In the calendar and everything when you worked with us yeah so like this is back oh, like wow. 2011, 2012. If anyone can get their hands on that, I've been looking for it because <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Um, but yeah, like you, I've done things like that. I like I, I've been the person who had to represent two different brands, which were almost opposing, and and stood for very different things. And that's challenging. And to be able to separate yourself like that, um, and yet put yourself out there all at the same time, it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. Becca, when you, when you interview people, do you stalk them on social media? No, because I don't want someone to do it to me. No. Oh my God. That's like the first thing I do. So you you do, Ash? Absolutely. Because A, I want to know the type of person that you are. A lot of people Mm -hmm. will put their job history on their social media, especially Facebook, not necessarily Instagram. Now we're kind of getting away but when, yeah. especially when Facebook was very big, mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, working here. Oh, left this job, started a new job. Yeah. And so no, not to mention, they also will put like their travel history. Mm-hmm. So you know how often somebody travels, which especially depending on where you're the type of business that you're looking for. But if you're looking to hire people into a salon and spa, mm-hmm. it's it has its transient community and it has its long-term. And so it's hard to sometimes differentiate between who is going to be those, you know, turned or kind of employees where they're there for six months to get a paycheck and then they're off on their next adventure again. Right. And then you have your clients or your employees that are actually looking to stay for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And so I find that if you're actually looking for those long-term employees, if you look at someone's resume and then you look at their Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, and you all of a sudden see that they've had like 20 different jobs in the past two years, but their resume says they've only had two. Well, A, that's not a very trustworthy person, first of all. Mm -hmm. B, 
this is somebody who you are probably not going to have for a long period of time, even if you do really like their personality and think that they come across as a great worker. Mm-hmm. See, if there's somebody who travels on a regular basis, you know that they're going to be asking for all the long weekends off. You know that they're going to be asking for holidays in the winter and holidays in the summer, and they're going to always want time off. So for me, mm-hmm. this was always just, and you know what? Yeah, it's stereotyping and and what have you. But if you're in the position where you're looking for long-term employees, I find that social media helps you find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you are the company that you keep. Oh, yes. Let's talk about this. I like that quote. So depending on the types, and you can tell by people's, you know, you click on somebody's, say, Facebook, and you look at all their friends and their, what's the word I'm looking for, their their profile picture. Well, Mm -hmm. you either see, you know, everybody that's got family pictures up, or you see people that are all in business suits, or or you see people that are all crazy partying and it kind of gives you an idea. Not all the time because sometimes people will add everybody and anybody that they meet. So you also have to gauge it from there. You know, if somebody Mm. has like 200 friends versus somebody who has 5,000 friends, well, you can't necessarily Mm -hmm. take every 5,000 people as their close friends, but it gives you a bit of an idea of the company that they keep. I was watching something not too long ago and it was kind of like, okay, look at the people who are closest to you. Look at the people that you talk to Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Where are they in life? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that will tell you where you're going in life. If you are that one friend that is miles ahead of everybody else, well, you're either going to be that person that's going to be dragging everybody to get up to your level or you're going to be pulled back. Yeah, there's there's a quote by John Roan. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, that you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah. Right, and that let, to me, that is so true. And there, with COVID and everything that's going on and stuff too, there's I've, I've personally done like a lot of reflecting on why is this person in my life? Why are they in my life? Why am I putting so much time into them? And really kind of, you know, picking and choosing on who I want to spend my time with moving forward when the new normal mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of guys comes to an end or, you know, whatever that that's going to look like. But where am I investing my time and who do I want around? And that goes back to, you know, when Beck and I were talking mm-hmm. a few months ago when we were hiring on, um, do we just want a body or do we want the right person? Because I'm done with just bodies. But that, yeah. also, that also means that sometimes there's more work that falls on Becca because we're trying to wait for that right person to come up, come around. There's a lot of bodies to hire. Yeah, it could fill the gap fine. <laughs> but sometimes just filling that void or putting that body in is more work yeah. and more stress mm-hmm. than if you just Long-term. took on those few extra tasks yourself, for example, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know that it's, it's a short time. You know that it's not something that's going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes bringing the wrong person in can be even worse and more detrimental to your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, So one of the things that I used to do when I was in corporate was we used to have these training seminars for the beauty companies. So it would be like Elizabeth Arden, Lancome, Vichy, um, whatever, Biotherm, whatever, skincare, Benefit, Cosmetics, all of them, all the big ones. And they would hold um, training seminars every quarter. 
I would ask for a list of attendants on who was going. So who would like sign up with Elizabeth Arden, for example. Um, I would get the list and then I would follow up with the trainer after on who showed up on time, who was courteous, who showed up late, who signed up and didn't event or didn't attend. And then I would follow up with the owners of each store because I was so determined and, and not determined, but I so believed in that's how you represented the company as a whole, as a corporation, not just mm-hmm. your store, not just your cosmetics department, but this is how the company, this is how other companies view us. And the company that I was working for at that time was much, much smaller than the larger drugstore mm-hmm. that I came from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were kind of like, not the new kid on the block, but maybe the, the kid that lived on the wrong side of the tracks that mm-hmm. wasn't appreciated or respected or taken seriously. Yeah. yeah they're just smaller they're smaller and they're you know they don't have the whole look and feel and prestige and budget that Mm -hmm. a huge company would have Mm -hmm. um so I was very strict with if you want to be treated like a big boy then you gotta start acting like a big boy Mm -hmm. this is the way it is but was, what was interesting with that is because when I when I was in corporate, I was in heels and a suit all the time. I was actually called in by my CEO saying, "You dress too well. You need to you need to tone it down." What? Yes. Different strokes. And I now why? I, what was the reasoning behind that? He felt that I was intimidating. And I was like, oh, no, sweetheart, that's just my personality. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, doesn't matter what I wear. I could walk in and be just as intimidating in a tracksuit. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like, he I'll said, pull out the velour for you. Don't worry. <laughs> he literally said that. And I was like, listen here, braided belt. I don't think you should be the first one offering fashion advice. Yeah, And I remember, you know, and I didn't really, I never really argued with any of my superiors, but at that point I just looked at him and I said, you hired me to represent the cosmetic division of this company. Everything in regards to cosmetics is beauty and what's on the outside. It's visual. It is a visual business. So I I was so, and and you know, that was very like, everything kind of came to light on like, this is why we weren't being treated like the big boys, like the other big boys, yeah, right? You can't this run is, with them. You know, you got to start, you got to start playing your part. So I remember being like, are you like, what does this even mean? Like what, like, what, what do you want me to start wearing into the office and the meeting? Socks like, and no. sandals. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Cause he would, he would, he would be someone that would wear that. Yeah. With um, a braided belt. Braided belt. That sounds like my dad. Don't even joke because that's fashionable right now. Is it yeah, coming back? It's awful. Those, those whole like, what is it? But they put the little sockets on with the yeah, high with, like, heels. The frill. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Like, this no, is the new. Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, Becca, how great would it be to have to pull someone into our office and be like, I think that you're overdressing, because our <laughs> fucking conversations are like, can you please not wear a windbreaker? That is yeah. not business casual. Can you stop wearing a tracksuit to work? Can you please stop wearing ripped jeans over and over and over and over? This is why sometimes I am so for a uniform. 
because mm-hmm. there is no, yeah. A, everybody feels like they're on the same page. Yeah. yeah. So whether you have somebody that comes, you know, and has money and can afford the nicest of the nice, or whether you have somebody who's on a budget, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And this goes like back to even school. I think having yeah. schools with uniforms is the best way to do things because you never mm-hmm. have to worry about what people are wearing. You know yeah. what they're coming into work to wear. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so to play across the board, there's a look across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That like, you know that clients aren't coming in and being like, "Oh, I'm going to go with them because they probably do better makeup application and better, you know, mm-hmm. wax job or better facial because they dress better." Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. it's a beauty based mm-hmm. industry, and yep. sometimes people That's do true. have those sorts of opinions. Whereas if you have, and you could even get to the point where your hair must be in a ponytail. It can't be in a bun. It can't Mm -hmm. be in a braid. It has to be in a ponytail or whatever. And you have to put on a red lip and you have to wear this shirt and these pants and your shoes must be all black or all white or whatever it is. And sometimes that's the way some businesses work and they find it works better that way because there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. And there's no gray area. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to play devil's advocate because oh. I don't know if you two. Who are you today? Who are you? <laughs> well, I just I just don't agree with looking at someone's social media to judge how they'll be at work. If anything, mm. sometimes I'll look on LinkedIn, and that's where I add people like through my work network. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just this thing where. The Journal of Vascular Surgery published a study that has since been retracted, and it was um, three authors, all men, who -hmm. created social media profiles that were fake and followed 480 vascular surgeons who graduated between uh, a certain time period, and they monitored their online activity. And they concluded that um, there was clearly unprofessional conduct, which was defined as violating, um, breaking the law, appearing intoxicated, making offensive or profane comments, and appearing in provocative Halloween costumes or bikinis slash swimwear. So obviously, women is what they're Mm. judging, because most men aren't wearing a bikini, right? Or Mm. a provocative Halloween costume. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Well, this you know, is 2020. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised what people will wear. <laughs> Touche. But then, so there's this whole backlash of um, all these doctors and different women in science and men too, um, with the hashtag med bikini, um, just showing that like what I do in my off time doesn't, you know, hold up to how I perform as a medical professional or a doctor in some cases. And I just agree with that. I think it it just brings all, at least in this case, it was a lot of like sexism, but we're, we're talking about not necessarily, mm-hmm. but just for like an example, had Luba gone and looked at my social media when she was looking to hire me, I would look like a big party or two. And I still post things sometimes like just this last weekend, I was in a bikini on the beach with my friends and I posted it, but that's on my personal page mm-hmm. and my personal like Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff is a different name than how anybody like a client or Mm -hmm. um, a wholesale person knows me as it's not Becca it's Mm -hmm. my full name which is not just Rebecca so it's a bit harder to find so like I just when you're hiring somebody maybe if they're already down the tracks in the interviewing process 
but straight off the bat, like I don't really like to even look at their name really because that can bring up your own prejudices and biases. Um, I try to just look at the references and then where they've worked and if the references look real and then continue. I wouldn't look at their social media straight away. It's funny because when I first opened up the company, um, I used to go onto their social media instantly. I can't even remember. How long has Facebook been around? So it was popular in 2000. I want to say like middle 2000, like, yeah, like 2006, seven, okay, something yeah. like so, that. So Facebook was already around and established when I opened up Wax. And I think that was mm-hmm. the only form of social media at that time. And I used to go on all the time and look at whoever I was hiring. But it got to a point of there was no one to hire based on what everyone was posting. So I was like, I just need to stop or I'm not going to have any staff. Like they obviously are a different generation than I am. And they weren't thinking things through at 19 being like, oh, do you want to do Playboy? They were like, yeah. "Yeah." They weren't like, oh, I want to live in France and be a huge director of a company. And how is that going to look like for me down down the line? Um, So I stopped doing that. But it's something that I used to do quite consistently up until I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. And if anyone follows my social media, which I just have one as the owner and Luba, I post stuff on there that's completely inappropriate. I talk about shit on the podcast that's completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. But it is what it is now. <laughs> you know, like I'm the owner of the company. There's no one to tell me differently. I represent myself and my company in a positive way, I, I think. But yeah, is there stuff on there of me having, you know, one too many drinks or whatever probably yeah i'm sure you can find a whole there's this stuff on me complaining and bitching and putting my two cents in that maybe an employer wouldn't like to see but we're all human and there's exceptions to every rule Mm -hmm. it's just i use it as like a generalization Mm -hmm. because there's certain things like a if on your resume you've got two jobs in the past 10 years and mm-hmm. I go on your social media and you've got a list of 15. Right. Okay. Well, this is, this is, has nothing to do with how hard you party. This is nothing to do with anything like that. This is strictly, are you truthful? And why have you not? So that might, I might still, if their resume looks amazing, I may still bring them in for an interview. That may just be a question that I have. Why do you have 10 other jobs on social media posted that you yeah. don't have on your resume? That's a a really good point. You may get a great answer for it or you may not. It may be that they've had one job that they've had for 10 years and they just always take little side jobs to pass the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they, there was a reason. Maybe they still have those other jobs and they just didn't put it on because they haven't been there for a long time. Or, I mean, there's a million reasons. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I, I think that completely makes sense. And I've come across um, a few months ago, I can't remember what it was, but someone who had left the company on not such great terms, registered for a wholesale account. And I was like, oh, this person doesn't get to buy my product because the way that they left, the way they treated the company, the way all of all of the things I was like, mm, no, I do not want your business. I don't want to deal with you as a human. Um and I looked, I looked her up probably on social media. She claimed that she had come from New York and had like three, four oh, years yeah. of um, 
waxing experience at European Wax Center, which is a huge wax center, and their training is incredible. But when I went online and looked at her, it was actually her LinkedIn, she had just graduated from beauty school at the time that we hired her. Never lived in New York. So dumb. Was always in Nevada. And I was like, oh, all of this makes sense now on why she was freaking out with jumping into Brazilians. Like yeah. she was uncomfortable and she was, and I'm like, you worked at European Wax Center. Like, the like only you've been doing this for years. How are you uncomfortable? Like, yeah. okay, like, you've got, it's a different wax. Okay, I'll give you one person, go in, test it yeah. out, take it home, play with it a bit and come back and there we yeah. go. So if I would have looked that up beforehand, I would have had a clearer picture as opposed to being like, well, what's going on? Like, are you that afraid of soft wax? Like, that's the only difference is that we use a combination versus just hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from, from that. Like, it's not all about checking how much does somebody party. Let's be honest. We're all humans. We've mm-hmm. all had a few too many drinks in our lifetime. We've all said a few things that we probably regret and wish we could take back. We've all danced on top of a table at mm-hmm. some point in time in our life. And if you haven't, then you need to do it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm like? There's, there's certain things that are just like you're human and it's rite of passage. It depends mm-hmm. on your age too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're partying like crazy and you're 21 years old, am I going to judge you the same way that I would if you're 35? No, mm-hmm. probably not. Yeah. Because at 35, I don't expect you to be doing the same careless things that a 21-year-old would do. Yeah. It's that rite of passage to, to get through. I, I definitely, too, have offered my, in, in the past, I've offered, because I don't do, like, Becca does all the interviews and Chloe and all of that now. So thank God I no longer have to do that. It's one thing that I absolutely hated at the end. Um, wow. Did I just lose my train of thought? Hold on. Wait. Oh yeah. So that's it. So I would say to them, like if, they, if someone would call me and they'd be like, you know, Ashley didn't show up for work again. Like she's called in sick. I've actually recommended like, have you checked their social media or I've jumped onto their social media and I was like, Oh, so you were out till 3am yesterday or last night. So mm-hmm. I've, sometimes I've checked it in that way being like, or, you, you know, you can't make it into work. Well, you're still at Whistler. Yeah. What do you mean that you're sick at home? Because you just posted on your story that you're skiing. Mm-hmm. Or like stranded, who can um, give me a ride home from this place? Or, like, yeah. Make it good, right? If you're going to post, like make it go with your story because there's just way too many things. Or to- be honest, if yeah. you're stuck in Whistler and your car broke down and you can't get back, don't call me and tell me you're sick. Call me and tell me like legitimately my car broke down or my ride broke down mm-hmm. and I'm stuck. Because yeah. if your boss really wants you there and you're in driving distance, they may come get you. Yep. Done that before. <laughs> and, and so you need to just be honest that like you'll get more mm. being honest than you will mm. telling that lie. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't call your boss and say, Hey, I'm hungover," because that's not going to go well. Right. But if it's a matter of like a car broke down or your flight got canceled or we're all human, like these things happen. Like, it sucks. It's unfortunate, but people will be more understanding than if you call and say, I'm sick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Communication and honesty. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of touch on too was, um, attitude, whether like how you treat suppliers, (laughs) how you treat customers, how you treat like, again, like representing a company and what does that look like? And what has been kind of, did someone push that too far? What like, 
let's kind of dive into that. I feel like my therapist, let's explore this. Let's yeah, explore this. <laughs> What's the saying? Yeah. You get more with honey than you do with shit. Can <laughs> you really say that? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> version is with shit, but it's actually with, with vinegar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, you get a lot of flies with shit, though. <laughs> That's yeah, not what depends what you're catching, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you get more bees uh, if you're looking with honey. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, it depends what's going on that day. Is something in the business going on that day that's stressing that person out? Or is it their own personal shit mm. that they need to sort out? And if it, that's the case, you need to check yourself at the door. And Amen. leave it at the door. Yeah. Because church and state are separate. <laughs> and, and that's they should that, be. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's not that's always. A that's a whole thing. Oh Isn't that God. a winery? Isn't that together at a winery somewhere? Church. It should be. It's <laughs> a good name. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a name of a wine. Um, but that's something that I used to say to the girls when I used to run all the all the staff meetings at the beginning was when you step onto the floor, when you open up that door and you step onto my floor you become an actress yeah no matter what is happening in yeah. your day that is the moment that you become an actress and you turn it on because people are paying money to come in here and be treated yeah have an experience and mm -hmm. you know Let, let's I, take it back a few years mm. how good of an actress was i coming mm. into work <laughs> on my deathbed literally mm -hmm. I'm not even exaggerating, people. I literally had a doctor call me. Luba had to drive me to the doctor, which mm -hmm. I was then admitted like 20 minutes later to a hospital, wow. almost in cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. And I was still mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you would, I mean, aside from the fact that I probably looked emaciated, but I did my best. But you showed up. <laughs> a brave <laughs> face. I was there. I was yeah. there every day. Yeah. But I was, yeah. Wow. I, I might have froze everybody out. I think I killed Luba's air conditioning bill at that point in time. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. As long as you're breathing. Lot. Yeah. And, I mean, like, attitude's such a big part of it. I mean, I just had to call a vendor, supplier, I don't even know what you want to call them, partner, um, and apologize mm -hmm. for the attitude that a employee brought to a meeting the other day. I was absolutely mortified, mortified in the meeting on how my company was being represented by someone. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think it's important to check yourself on who's providing the paycheck, who do you work for, and is this really necessary? Because at the end of the day too, it's not about the company that you work for and representing them, it's just treating people with respect. And Becca has said this like a ton before, like you don't know what people are going through. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you don't working, know why that person cut you off. They could be rushing to a hospital. You don't like, yeah. you never really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But with that being said too, Luba, I think that it depends on the age and the, the, the age group you're dealing with, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's almost something that you have to sadly, common sense is not so common anymore. Yeah. And you almost have to have that conversation with people ahead of time. And okay, you have to put aside your personal feelings about somebody. Sometimes you have to actually bite your tongue and you can't say what you'd actually mm -hmm. like to say if it was your friend or family member. 
this is a workplace and we're going to into a meeting. And it's almost like before they go into their first meeting, you have to kind of pull them aside and say, okay, here's the, the, the checklist of the do's yeah. and don'ts, your expectations of what's going on. And this is how you conduct yourself in a grown-up meeting. Sometimes yeah. somebody is going to say something you're not going to like and you can't bark back. You have mm-hmm. to just bite your tongue, swallow your pride and just mm-hmm. kind of grin and bear until you, you get through the, the conversation and get your point across or you have to find a diplomatic way to state your opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, that and, common sense is just not there, sadly. Oh my God, I hate, you know, you, you guys hate the new normal. I hate the common sense is not so common. Like it just, <laughs> it just needs to be, it just needs to be. Um, I think too, though, like with the whole attitude thing is, you know, sometimes people may not agree with what the owner wants to do, but there has to be a point where you bite your tongue because this is the direction of the ownership, right? I'm sure that both of you have disagreed with me several times on the decisions that I've, I've decided to make, but vocalizing them negatively in a negative way Mm -hmm. does not help the situation either. Yeah, but sometimes you can have an open, but you can have an open forum sometimes. And sometimes, you know, sometimes your delivery is not necessarily the best and you have to approach it of like, okay, can I be honest here? Can I give you my honest opinion and my, my real feelings? It may not be put in the best way, but one-on-one, let me know if I can give you my opinion on this situation or mm-hmm my two cents. And it's away from other people. So this way, even if it's, and you're kind of letting somebody know preemptively, like, okay, if this doesn't come across in the best light, Mm. know that it's coming from a good place. Mm. Okay. So this is great. I love this because I, I, and I can't remember exactly how Becca's put it before, but there's there, I can't remember what you've said before, Becca, but it's like, don't bring me your problems, bring me a solution. So if you're not happy with something, then, you know, give me your opinion. I'm more than happy to hear it, but what are the solutions to it and how can we fix it? Mm-hmm. Right. I so I think it's talking about fixing it rather than complaining. That That's it. Exactly. And I think that's what kind of Ash has brought to the table now is like, I'm okay having a difficult conversation. I'm not okay being treated poorly or having my suppliers or my staff being treated poorly. That's not the culture. Yeah. Yeah, no, canceled. <laughs> your your suppliers, you need your suppliers. Well, here, and this is it. And your this... suppliers will always go above and beyond for you if mm-hmm. you treat them if you're nice. with respect and yeah. kindly. And mm-hmm. you know what? Even ask them how their day is. Yeah. Yes. Hey, how's your day going? How are you today? I Because li- putting that little bit of extra effort into them when they're yeah. dealing with phone call after phone call after mm-hmm. phone call after mm-hmm. phone call yeah. and sometimes complaints and rude people and, mm-hmm. you know, and you all of a sudden give them that little laughter or that little yeah. taste of freshness, all of a sudden they might waive your shipping fees that day mm-hmm. because you put a smile on their face. They yeah. may throw in a few extra samples. They may mm-hmm. give you a buy one, get one. You never know what your suppliers might end up doing for you just because you've been nice. Or maybe they're getting a small shipment in and you're the first person that they put on their next call list so that Mm -hmm. you have the first opportunity to take advantage of something new coming in. These are the kinds of things your suppliers will do for you if you are kind to them. If you are rude Mm -hmm. to them, you're going to be the last person to hear Mm -hmm. about things. You are going to be the last person to get education or help. This is not the way to do things. Kindness is the answer. No one wants to go the extra mile for a Karen. 
No. I don't. Can we talk about why? First of all, why did they get the name Karen? Like, I don't know. Why I have an aunt named Karen, and she's not a Karen. I, know. I have a girlfriend named Karen, and she's like the nicest person ever. And I'm like, why Karen? Like, I know. Let's I don't pick know. like a name that, like, you know, like she's such Judy. a Bertha. Like, <laughs> I, can't. I can't. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, and, and this is like exactly it. Like, a everyone is a partner when it comes to your workplace and a supplier especially is a partner with you they don't want to screw you over they they, they want to make their life easier too mm-hmm. so when i had this you know situation happen the other day i contacted the supplier today and i was like hey are you available to jump on a call really quick and mm-hmm. i was like they're not even going to respond like it was so bad that i was like they're not even going to respond and he was like I'm available to jump on a call right now. And it was a visual call, which was great. It was a zoom call. And I just said, listen, like I was, I'm really embarrassed about what took place the other day. Um, I'm not happy with how my company was represented. And I just wanted to call you and apologize on the behalf of me and the company. This is not how I work. And I even use the whole Karen thing. I was like, I understand by just like the look um, that you gave us the other day when we were on that call that we were now put in the Karen category mm, and that's, that's not who I want. Yeah. yeah. That's not who I want to be. That's not the direction. I cannot even describe the look on his face and how grateful he was that I took the time out of my day mm-hmm. to call and apologize. And he's like, listen, my job is to deal with problems and customer issues all day long people Mm -hmm. swear at me they get pissed off at me like there's no apology needed and I'm like no but but there is because this is not the way there should be this is not how I run my company I would not want to want to be treated like that nor would I want any of my employees to be treated like that we're still in the service industry they still get shit on all the time doesn't mean that it's right just because we're in the service industry Mm mm-hmm he was so grateful and just continued to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, maybe that made his day, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe turned things around on, I'm going to go the extra mile for them to what I felt happened the other day is like, oh, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm going to give them what they paid for. Yeah. And that's going to yeah. be the end of it. Mm-hmm. So again, someone that is representing the company, working for the company, really kind of overflowed that pot and made things very, very uncomfortable and very difficult. So then what is your expectation from people who work for your company and represent your company? Kind, courteous, knowledgeable, no ripped jeans. <laughs> That's it. Then what if good. they're really fashionable ripped jeans? Oh, they're so oh cute. my they God, please. You can wear them on your own time. Wear them on your own time. I wear ripped jeans, not to work. Yes, I wear this is them, true. Right? Um, it really is just having a passion for what you do. Love what you do. Get ex- you know, be excited to come to work. If you don't, if you're not excited when you wake up to come to work, then you shouldn't be working for me or wherever you work for, mm-hmm. work at. Um, you should be knowledgeable in what you do. You should love what you do. And you need to be courteous to everyone that is a part of the the culture, whether that's, you know, that includes the boss, that includes your manager, that includes your suppliers, that includes your customers. It's really basic. Yeah, yeah, it's a full circle. It's really basic on my expectation of what I expect from you. Like, it's just really human kindness. How do you feel about the way when people say, 
Oh, I'll show them respect when they give me respect. An eye for an Um, eye makes the whole world blind. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, no, I think to me that's petty. Who's it going to hurt for you to be nice? I think you need to show respect in order to get respect. Absolutely. Or treat, go, let's go back to the way our mothers were when we were kids. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Mm -hmm. Expect your, and respect your elders. Yes, all of it. What happened to that? I don't know. So I have a question. I have a situation Mm. happen last week and I want to know, because it was kind of on the borderline between I could go one route and be like extra kind and extra courteous to a client and go above and beyond or the other route where I could like stick with the company's like rules and procedures, but it's a pandemic. So like everything's Mm. kind of different right now. So we have a rule right now where just one person per treatment room and we had a lady show up and she, she'd only had one appointment before and she had, uh, she wasn't happy with her results. She was expecting something different. So I already had a phone call with her and we sorted it out and I was going to offer her a 20% off discount if she came back in because you know, I went over with what happened and I was like, yeah, okay. Like part of that was our fault. So, you know, whatever, come back in, not worth having a bad experience. And so she did, and she came back in and she showed up with a toddler with her son. And luckily I was still at the store and it wasn't just the receptionist at the front because she would have like probably choken up and, you know, she's not very good at standing her ground. So I was there and I had to say like, Hey, like, I'm sorry, but you know, COVID, we're only allowed one person per room right now. And then she got really defensive straight away and was like, oh, well, it wasn't very clear. And I was like, well, yeah, but like he counts as a person, um, which I think is a bit funny that I had to say that, but I understand. (laughs) And she was very angry because she drove an hour to get here and she didn't have anyone else to watch him because she didn't live nearby. And I had to just like, because it was COVID, I had to just stick to it and be like, you know what? I'm sorry, but like, we have a max number occupancy that we're allowed in the salon right now. Like, what do you want me to do? It's a pandemic. Like if WorkSafe BC finds out that we get a case and I let Uh it slip for you, then I'm going to have to let the rules slip for everyone else. And I don't know, then it's a whole thing. So she left and like, she was kind of upset, disappointed, but like, she wasn't irate. And then after it happened, I had to think about it. And I was like, I don't know if that's how I want to be as a manager because, you know, I don't know what's going on in her life. Maybe she's a single mom. Maybe that's her one day off. She had to bring her kid with her. She has no family and friends around. Like, I don't know her situation, but she showed up with her kid and she didn't think that he would matter because he was so little. Um, And then I was thinking, I was like, well, should I have gotten the receptionist to just have him sit on the chair outside the door or in the foyer and just like, watch him or because it's a pandemic do I just stick to the rules like where do you where should I have drawn the line Ash do you want to jump in (laughs) I'm like my mind is kind of jumping I think if I was you and in your situation (laughs) my first thing that stood out in what you were saying was before as I'm like running away here (laughs) I fell off the bridge um First thing that came to mind was she had a bad experience first time around. Yeah. Now, was the experience she had first time around, you said there was fault on your behalf or the 
company's behalf. Mm-hmm. What was the mistake, if you don't mind sharing with us? Overpromising results. So she came in for skin brightening, and I guess the esthetician told her right away, like, oh, yeah, you'll notice a difference for sure, for sure, for sure, which you some people can, like, mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's skin, and it depends, and maybe you Yeah, won't. there's lots of factors. Oh, but she felt like she was going to, like, for sure have a lighter area after that one go and then I had to like she thought she would get the results like the final results after one treatment as opposed to realizing that it's it took years to get there it takes time to Mm -hmm. she felt like over promised too and I was like okay you know fair I think first off I would have probably offered 50 (laughs) percent sorry Luba um as opposed to just 20 because I feel like when there's a slight boo-boo 20% is kind of like a, okay, but it doesn't always get people back through the door. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would have been my first, that's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, As for the child, because it's a service that would have been very quick, you're not having them in for like a full hour treatment. Mm -hmm. If I was there as you, the manager, and there was an open vacant room, I may have put the child in the open vacant room and kept an eye on the child myself because I know it's only going to be 15 minutes. Mm. If it was a full hour, definitely not. If it was having my receptionist keep an eye on the child, absolutely not. But if I personally wanted to take on that responsibility, I would give that Mm -hmm. the option. But I would stick to my ground of if there was no open vacant rooms in order to do anything like that that to me would be like a no-go because it is COVID and we're trying to keep everything down. With that being said, I would also be the one to then clean and sanitize that room that I decided to have the Mm -hmm. child in and watch, but only in the case that there was an open room. If there was no open room, I think you are 100% in the right. And if you were like on your way out the door or had a meeting or something, absolutely. Unfortunately, this is different times and Mm -hmm. you're doing it for the health and safety. It's not just a rule to be a rule. It's a health and safety rule. And you are not only putting the lives of your staff at risk, but you are also putting the lives of your clients at risk. If you do Mm -hmm. something that is crossing the line of the rules you've already made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no open room available. So I was like, I could put him outside on a chair. I could put him in the foyer. But then I was like, but I don't know because like Kelty's not being paid to babysit. And Absolutely. I know how Luba Yeah, and, and that's why I say <laughs> the only way I would do it would be myself. If I yeah. was willing to take that on myself, but I would never put that on another staff member. It just, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. I just look at it like, is it that important to get your asshole bleached that you can't find a sitter? We are Those are offering, but same, same. Oh, okay. We are offering beauty services. This isn't some sort of surgery that you must have. And if it was, let's talk about that. Your child wouldn't be allowed in there anyways because of hygienic reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because of safety, security, all that. So from a business owner's perspective is, mm-hmm. no, the child is not allowed in. We're in a pandemic. These are the rules. Do your research, just like you should have done the research that you may not achieve your desired lightning results after the first time because anywhere you read we talk about that yes it was the fault of the esthetician and hopefully they were spoken to about how they address Mm -hmm. this um but at the end of the day these are the rules my staff are not paid to be your babysitter if you want to go out and have a treating yourself appointment then find a sitter okay so with that being said i have a question 
if you found a sitter and the sitter canceled last minute, mm-hmm. what are your cancellation policies in regards to it's COVID? You mm-hmm. cannot bring the child with you. Mm-hmm. You had a sitter. They canceled last minute. Mm-hmm. Now you have to call and cancel your appointment. Are you going to keep your clients financially responsible in that scenario? Or is there a little bit of flexibility in that regard because it is different times and you're now kind of relying on somebody else and if they cancel, it's slightly out of your control? So I think what you said earlier on when we were talking about employees and being honest in communication, that also gets passed down to clients as well. And I can speak from personal experience when I was caring for my mom with dementia, which was pretty much like having a child. If something came up and I wasn't able, and most of the time I wasn't able to find care for her unless I had like a full-time nanny Mm -hmm. and I had to bring her to appointments is I would give those people a heads up that I like, this is my situation. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. caring for my mother that has dementia. She acts like a child. The behavior is quite odd. Um, Are you okay if she attends this meeting or did you want me to try to reschedule? It's all Mm -hmm. about communication. If that client would have called, we could have rescheduled them. You know, the other thing that I think of is like, you know, placing the child in a room. If they do something, because let's be honest, as managers, we're busy. So we Mm -hmm, can't sit there and keep our eyes on the child all the time. And if they pull that cord and get hot wax all over them and they're they're burned from hot wax, where does the liability lie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's a whole other thing too. Yeah. Okay. You just need to have like a spare bubble. I know. <laughs> like, you know, those real. little zip up hamster like bubbles. Like yeah. you put the extra person in there. You're like, all right, you can stay in there for the next 20 minutes. We'll give it a good sanitization when you're done. And the next person that needs it. <laughs> right. Well, why can't they just get one of those Tesla cars like they do for the dog? And they're like, I'm okay. This is the temperature. My owner will be back. Can't they do that with a kid? Yeah, I guess he could have waited in the car. It was a quick appointment, but yeah. So it I, depends I, on the age. Like if they're too young, no, but. Yeah, no, I, no, think he you, was like I really do think you were in the right because you're putting people's lives in jeopardy. This mm-hmm. isn't just like, mm-hmm. oh, you came into work in pants that I really don't want you in, but mm-hmm. do I send you home or do I have you work in pants that probably shouldn't fly and I might write you up for it or, mm-hmm. you know, something else. You might have to take an extra shift because you did this or, you know, there, there's some sort of a consequence. Yeah. But you can... There's, there's, there's a gray area to me. There's not as much of a gray area in this situation. Like it's COVID it's everywhere. It's nowhere. No one is saying that you can bring a child in with you. No, this is like 99% of businesses these days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Becca made a really good point too, when we had a staff meeting and it was brought to our attention that um, someone refused to wear a mask and they said they had a doctor's note and someone had one of the estheticians was like, okay, you could come in. So when it was addressed with them, we're like, you know, the rules, why did you allow this to happen? And she said, well, I didn't want to lose the sale. And Becca's like, if we would have gotten a case, you would have been out of work for two weeks. Like that that $50 sale not worth would not doesn't nearly cover our rent doesn't cover your no. wages have we have to sit there and call every, like it is not worth it so it's not right worth now, it yeah i sorry i'm going to have a pissed off client that they can't bring their child in but try to find another salon that you can bring your child in mm-hmm. and the, those ones that are allowing that to happen probably don't have the best sanitary procedures in place 
exactly. and are probably going to end up shut down sooner or mm -hmm. later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Um, so I just want to give a piece of advice uh, before we wrap up here. And I guess it's just in regards to representing a company and being managers versus employees and, and kind of what that looks like is someone had told me once that if you get into that, that Ashley, were talking about that, that gray area of like friendship and management, like friendship and boss type thing. Mm -hmm. Cause I, str I really struggled with that at the beginning when I was young mm -hmm. and cool and hip. Now, yeah. not so much. No one wants to hang out with me because I go to bed at 8 p.m. But um, a piece of advice that someone gave me is never say no to attending the party with all of the employees there or the event or the event that everyone's going to be at. Never say no to it, but attend, stay for an hour and leave early. Be the first to leave because people will act differently around you, say things differently around you, whether they yeah. do more or less. But you show up, you're a, you're a part of the yeah. team, and then you leave early and you give everyone an opportunity to talk about the things maybe that they wouldn't if you were there. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. I love that. Yeah. So going back to representing a company, I guess. I love it. Well, this was a nice little debate. I like this one. I know. Yeah. Becca, you surprised me today. I love it. <laughs> I just don't agree with looking on social media to judge someone. <laughs> but that's because I know that how I would be judged and perceived. So. Right. so what do you guys do? Do you guys look on social media? Do you hire or not hire based on what you see on social media? What does your social media look like if you're a business owner, esthetician, client, whatever that may be? Um, we want to hear from you. So slide into our DMs at Between Both Cheeks or send us an email at comments at Between Both Cheeks. Mm -hmm. Becca, where can they listen to us? Write us a review on iTunes or you can listen on Spotify or the iHeartRadio app or pretty well any other podcast app or uh, service that you use. If you just search between both cheeks, we'll be there. And if you want to judge us based on our social media, you can do Ooh. that at between both cheeks. <laughs> Ooh, see, she's full of surprises. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for listening, everyone, and tune in next week.